This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, what is it about the story of the transfiguration that is just so compelling? It's like a play or a movie that we can watch over and over again and still derive new insights. Notice how the church stubbornly returns us to this scene, convinced that we can never fully exhaust its meaning. I want to take it today as an occasion to reflect on the nature of prayer. During Lent, you know, the church asks us to do three things, to pray, to fast, and to give alms. Let's focus today on prayer. Studies show that prayer is very common. It's a very popular activity in our country. Here's a funny detail. Even those who profess no belief in God still pray. That's how deeply ingrained prayer is in us. But what precisely is prayer? Or better, what ought it to be? I think this story of the Transfiguration is extremely instructive in regard to answering those questions. Let's take it now, step by step. We hear that Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him up the mountain to pray. Now, as you know, mountains are standard biblical places of encounter with God. Encounter with the Yahweh who was imagined as living in the sky. So the higher you go, the closer you come to God. Now, again, we don't have to literalize this, but we should unpack its symbolic sense. In order to commune with God, friends, you have to step out of your everyday, work-a-day world. The mountain symbolizes here transcendence, otherness, the realm of God. If people say, oh, you know, I pray on the go, or my work is my prayer, you can be guaranteed they're not really people of prayer. You've got to step away. You have to step up, if you want, out of the ordinary world out of your ordinary routine, the ordinary things you deal with, in order to commune with God. So what's your mountain? What's your place of encounter? It could be the church, before the Blessed Sacrament, in the hushed darkness of a church. It might be a special room in your house. Maybe it's a place where you feel especially at peace, especially centered. It might be the car. I've often said this, and I'll say it again now for Lent. The car can be a great place of prayer. Usually you're alone in the car. You've stepped away from the ordinary thing. You're kind of in a little monastic cell. Put your rosary around the rearview mirror or put it in the glove compartment. The car can be a great place of prayer. 
Maybe it's a corner of the natural world. Maybe it's the lake. A lot of Chicagoans might find Lake Michigan a prayerful place. It might be a park. It might be, maybe it is a mountain. If you're listening to me out in the west someplace or in the Appalachians, maybe it is a mountain where you feel especially close to God. But it has to be someplace where you've stepped away from your ordinary business. And as Thomas Merton said, when someone asked him, what's the most important thing I can do to improve my prayer life? He said, take the time. Good advice. Jesus and his friends literally stepped away in order to pray. You can't just pray on the go. Now, we hear next. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance and his clothing became dazzling white. Now, the reference here, no first century Jew would have missed it, is to Moses, whose face was transfigured after he communed with God on Mount Sinai. But this luminosity is meant in general, I think, to signal the invasion of God. The invasion of God. In the depths of prayer, when you've achieved a communion with the Lord, the light of God's presence is kindled deep inside of you at the very core of your existence. Again, to quote Thomas Merton, to pray is to find the place in you where you are here and now being created by God. Deep down in you, you kindle the light of the divine presence. And then that light begins to radiate out through the whole of your being. That's why it's so important that Luke mentions the clothing of Jesus becoming dazzling white. What do clothes uh, evoke? Well, they evoke one's contact with the outside world. The God discovered in prayer should radiate out through you to the world. Listen now, that you might become a source of illumination. Who are the people who become sources of light to the world? Those who are rooted in prayer. We often depict the saints with halos, with lights around them. It's making the same point. The saints are those who are so grounded in God that they become like torches, like lights, like lanterns to others around them. Stay for a second now with that image of light. Light is that by which we see, by which we understand. See, if you're a person of prayer, you will be a beacon by which people around you will understand their world more completely. You know, you probably had that experience when you're with somebody who just seems to shed light in every direction. You know, when you're with that person, you... Now I feel better, more at peace. You actually come to understand things more clearly. That person's a source of light. That means I can almost guarantee you that person is a person of prayer. Now, we hear that when Jesus was transfigured, behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah. Beautiful image, isn't it? 
Jesus communing with the great prophet Elijah, the great representative of the law, Moses. When you pray, friends, when you step out of the ordinary world of space and time, you enter into the properly eternal realm of God. And this means that you come in contact with the past and the future. You establish contact with what the church calls the communion of saints, all those friends of God up and down the centuries. That's why we speak of invoking the saints, even saints who lived and died long ago. I think of my sort of special relationship with St. Thomas Aquinas, who died in 1274. But yet in prayer, I can feel a communion with him. I think of my devotion to the little flower who dies in the end of the 19th century. And yet in prayer, I can feel an intimate communion with her. How come? Because in prayer, I've entered into that eternal realm where she lives. We seek the help and intercession of the saints. That's not just pious talk. It's grounded in this metaphysics of eternity. Now, what precisely are Jesus, Moses, and Elijah talking about? His exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. We notice, first of all, that wonderful thematic connection between the exodus that Moses led, a journey from slavery to freedom, and the exodus that Jesus would accomplish on the cross, a journey from sin and death to resurrection. In both cases, both exoduses, there's a great work of liberation and of life-giving love. And see, friends, that is the key. The fruit of prayer in the biblical tradition is always action on behalf of the world. As I've said to you often before, we are essentially a mission religion. Even the highest moments of mystical union are meant, in the end, to conduce to doing God's work in the world, becoming a conduit of the divine grace. Why do you pray? To commune with God, yes, indeed. To commune with the saints, absolutely. Converse with them. But finally you pray that you might become a vehicle of God's grace. Prayer awakens you to your duty and responsibility in the world. We have mystics, poets, contemplatives galore in our tradition. Just think of Bernard, John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, Meister Eckhart, Thomas Merton. But they all saw, every one of them saw, the essential link between prayer and action. Now, this is why Peter's line is so important. He says, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. As Luke points out immediately, it's kind of a, a comic line, I think. 
But he did not really know what he was saying. A couple things here, I think. When you're in prayer, friends, you're lifted up outside of the world of ordinary experience. You have entered into the realm of God's eternity. You're outside of your ordinary experience. That's why you you don't quite know where you are. You don't quite know what to say. There's something that Peter seems kind of lost here, and that's, that's appropriate. When you're in this cloud of unknowing, as one of the great mystics called it. But the second point here, too. The point of prayer is not to stay on the mountain. It's not to cling to mystical experience, however wonderful. It is to become so radiant with the divine life that now I can share it with the world. The point is, you got to come back down the mountain. Good. It's good for us to be here. Yes, indeed. That's wonderful. But then you must come back down the mountain and resume the hard work of following Jesus. And this finally now is why the voice from the cloud, once it identified Jesus, specified, listen to him. In other words, don't just admire him. Don't simply worship him from a distance. But rather, do what he tells you. Come back down the mountain. So friends, take the time perhaps later today to revisit this wonderful reading. The story of the transfiguration. It will teach you, if you meditate upon it, the essential dynamics of prayer. This great task of the season of Lent. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere.